Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I'm the CEO of Blackburn Capital Advisors and the chapter president of the Entrepreneurs Organization of Washington, DC. Today's guest is America's happiness coach. She is a retired US national and international figure skating coach, a public speaker, the author of The Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, the host of The Happiness Solved podcast, and a talent acquisition manager at XLA. Please welcome Sandy Scarlata Addison. Welcome, Sandy. Well, thank you. Good to see you. Good it's to great see to you. be here, Greg. Been way, way too long. Probably 20 years. Yeah. We'll <laughs> reminisce least. about that at a different time. I know, um, right? <laughs> so I love jumping into the details around leadership on this podcast. And my favorite question to ask my guests is, what are some misconceptions around leadership? So I think there a lot of the misconceptions around leadership stem from people not really getting what it takes to be a good leader. You know, and the, you'll see this a lot in organizations where you may have, you know, a top sales person and they get promoted into management, into, into a leadership role, and they're not really groomed for it. So I think a lot of the misconception is, is when we do put somebody in a leadership role, there needs to be some sort of, you know, leadership training that goes into it because not everybody is a, is a natural leader. However, you can gain that, I like to call it emotional intelligence to become a really adaptive, successful leader. That, that's insightful. And when you say, gain emotional intelligence, do you see that more from the person seeking the leadership role or from the organization who's pulling up the individual into the role? Like who, who tends to, you know, train or support or where, where does that come from? Where does that curiosity around emotional intelligence come from? Well, it has to, it's, it's the, it's the person that goes into the leadership. Um, It's a skill that you can learn and you can grow and it all comes from practice, just like anything else, you know, whether you're training for your Ironman or, you know, you're, you know, practicing to be, you know, your sales skills or, or anything. It's a skill that can be learned and it, and it's all, um, you know, it's emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize and understand your, the emotions in yourself and in others. And then the ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior and your relationships. So it's kind of like emotional intelligence is that something in each of us that is a bit intangible, but it affects how we demonstrate self-control, navigate social complexities, make personal decisions that achieve positive results. So The thing is, is that um, the daily challenge of dealing effectively with emotions is critical to leadership because our brains are hardwired to give emotions the upper hand, right? So, Mm -hmm. and it's completely out of our control because it's just the way we're wired. And there's a lot of science that can back that up. 
and you know you can you can actually google it and, and you you can read the whole explanation i'm not gonna I, I couldn't go into it because i'm not that scientific but just you can there there is a a, a method to that and how our brains are wired and, and why that is so what this means is that your first reaction to a situation is always going to be emotional. You have no control over this. However, you do control the thoughts that follow an emotion, you know, as long as you're aware of it. So when something, when a situation triggers a strong emotional reaction, they call it a trigger event. And they're shaped by our personal history and similar situations that we have been in, right? So as you grow your skills with your mind, mindset, emotional intelligence, kind of one and the same, you'll learn to identify those triggers and then practice productive ways of responding, you know, that will become habitual. And that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's creating that lasting change so that when those situations come up, you're, you have those tools. So like for every situation, I like to break it down this way. There's three three steps to it. You have the situation, you have the thoughts around it, and then you've got how we react. And it's that reaction that, that we need to work on in order to produce more successful results. I, I love those three steps because um, it really brings it home to, for me. I'm, I'm curious, Sandy, do you, um, do people get into those situations have their thoughts and then the reaction and then after the fact sort of reflect on how that went and sort of record and analyze that or and or do you also anticipate situations and what the emotion might come from that situation and how you're going to react so being sort of proactive to the environment that you're walking into how do you how have you seen that handled it's both. It, I would say it's really both. However, you don't want to spend too much time prior to an event because then what happens is you start projecting and you start making up a story of what could happen, which there's some benefit to that, especially if it's an important business meeting, for example, you may want to, okay, if they react this way, let me think about how, right? So, so there is some it's definitely beneficial in a business environment. I'd say in your personal situations, not so much because you may, usually with personal situations, there's a lot of emotion around it and it can be more, more passion, if you will. But I say in a business environment, it's probably not a bad idea before going into a big meeting or presentation or whatnot. If you think that your audience may react in a certain way, be prepared on your response and be prepared for, you know, maybe they may not like what you have to say or whatnot. So, so there's definitely some benefit to that. Um, I'm kind of one, I mean, I've been living this way for 30 years. <laughs> Hate when I have to say that. <laughs> you started very early. Right. You know, yeah, I was two when I started this right. lifestyle. Right. <laughs> um, but uh you know, for me, because my whole existence is about choosing happiness, because I've, I've had, I've just had a lot of heavy tragedies and, and stuff go down in my life um, ever since I was born, really. And, um, you know, so for me, it's always about, I want to get back to that place. I don't want 
these negative feelings to fester because they're going to. And, and to be happy, you do need to experience the full range of emotions and it's normal. It's completely normal. And I've struggled with that a lot. I have to be honest. I've struggled with that a lot because I sit there and I'm like, I'm a happiness coach. I, I shouldn't be getting, and it's no, no, to stop that. Like you can't go to that place because I'm, I'm human. I'm going to experience the full range of emotions. Like everybody does. It's just the differences is how you react. And yes, do, have I lashed out? Absolutely. I'm, I'm human. We all get upset, but it's what you, what you do after that, you know, to, you know, to feel the emotion. And then I practice forgiveness, practice acceptance. You know, there's a whole series of things that you can do. And what that does, it's like building a muscle, you know, you're practicing, you know, just like you're lifting weights and you're trying to, you know, trying to get rid of some of my 50s flab here, you know, it, you're building that muscle and, and mindset training is the, is the same thing because you just always have to be working on it and working on it and working on it. And then what happens is, is just the next time something comes around, it's so much easier to, to handle it. Mm-hmm. And we don't so react maybe the same way as we did before. Sure. So let's walk back a few years and talk through when did the light turn on for you to become a happiness coach? I mean, I suspect you chose happiness before choosing to be a happiness coach. <laughs> talk yeah. to us about that. Like, you know, talk to us about when, when did become, when did coaching become your passion? Coaching happiness and then relate it if you could to coaching figure skating. Okay. So the figure skating coaching came first. Um, and I realized when I was coaching skating that what made me be successful as a skating coach was all the mindset that I was instilling in my students and helping them with that mindset. And then when I stopped coaching, it was probably around, I mean, I, my last big competition was in 1999. Um, I, my son was born in the year 2000. I started slowing down. Um, a lot of my students, you know, some of them went off to college and this and that. And it just, um, it's a type of sport profession. It's like seven days a week. And I really wanted um, to just slow down. And, and, I, and that was also around the time I started, well, I started my IT recruiting company in 1998, but I was able to do both. You know, so I started the recruiting company and I was coaching skating um, and my company really started taking off. So I just really, you know, dwindled down when I closed that business. And if you remember in 2001, March of 2001, the dot com burst. Mm-hmm. And I was one of thousands of recruiting companies that had to close. And um, so that's when I got certified to be a life coach. And. I was, I was a happiness coach then. I just didn't even realize it, you know, but that was really what I was doing. So fast forward um, to February, 2021, my book was released and I really, I wasn't really sure if I was going to get back into coaching or not. It was just, I wrote this book and I reached a point in August of 2019, where I was so frustrated with everything going on in the world. And I was like, and I actually wrote in the book, like, 
as, a, as, as humanity, we have to change. We have to change. And I said something to the effect of, like, if we don't get rid of all this anger in the world, it is going to spread like a virus. Right. <laughs> that was in August of 2019. I finished in January 2020. COVID hits. The book, you know, was sent to my publisher in April or 20, 2020. And of course, it takes time. Um, but that was really when it was a pivotal moment for me. It was like, you know, we really need to, we need to change. So yes, I'm a happiness coach. Um, I really, it's really more, it's all mindset. I've been pulled back into the figure skating world and I'm now working with um, some athletes on mindset, on their mindset training. Um, so a mindset coach for um, right now, it's a, I have a junior um, ice dancing team that competes for Mexico. Um, so that's really exciting. I've, I've worked with another, another ice dancer. I have tennis player, you know, and there's more to follow. It's just a lot of them are finishing competitive season, but it's, it's kind of exciting because I really never even considered um, working with elite athletes, but I'm like, why not? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And just diving a little bit deeper into that work with athletes. So when you say you're a mindset coach, I suspect you're not just sitting there telling them nice things about themselves. That there's probably a routine or a practice or a daily meditation or something that you prescribe. Can you talk to us about what that prescription is, kind of in general terms? Sure. Every every person or athlete, it's all the same. You know, whether you're training for the you know the big tennis tournament or you know, you're, you're just trying to grow your business. It's the same mindset. And if you pay attention to what some of these elite athletes do, their, their pregame routine, that's, they do that every day. So I love, um, we were talking before we started recording right now is in the middle of the French open and Nadal, Rafa Nadal is going for his 22nd grand slam final. And he says, and this is so true, he goes, how you practice is how you compete. So when I'm working with athletes, I really try to hone in on them. Every time you step onto the court, you step onto the ice, the track, that's, you, you've got to, it, that's when it matters. How you practice is how, how you're going to perform and how you're going to compete. And um, so you have to get into that mindset every time you're ready to do what it is that you're about to do and get into that mindset. Um, I'm, I'm really big on affirmations. However, if you're going to do affirmations, it needs to be something that's really relevant to you and, and resonates with you because affirmations, I mean, you can say it out loud over and over all day long, but if you're not feeling that emotion, it has to be a feeling. Um, yes, there's fake it till you make it, you know, those kinds of things, but it, it, it has to be, it's the feeling that's going to bring that back because we're energy beings, right? We're all energy. And so what you put out, you bring back, which is why take it back to emotional intelligence. That's why it's so important to improve those skills because how you, you know, what you put out in the world, whether it's, a, if it's a negative thought, you're going to bring that negativity right back to you. Same with positive things. If you're positive, you're going to bring more positivity into your life. You know, I was watching Michael Phelps. They did a, a, a recap of his all of his gold medals 
from the same commentators from his very first one all the way to his last. And he tells a story during this HBO special about his coach comes up to him in the pre warm up pool and Phelps is standing on the side and his coach says, Michael, why aren't you in the water? And he looks at the clock and he's like, coach, it's 1159. I'm supposed to get in the water at 12 o'clock. And it was that type of precision around the pregame and mindset training that really helped him excel to be the, the super athlete that he turned out to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Sandy, that everybody has a routine, you know, and you've got to keep to stick to it. You um, you also mentioned uh, something you just mentioned about tools and practice and developing your awareness around emotional intelligence. And I'm, I know I'm going back there, but I think you touched on something that that I missed earlier. Um, walk us through like types of tools that people can use to enhance and improve their emotional intelligence? So it really comes down to a lot of self-management and self-control, okay? And it's about being well-rounded. So you've got to, you, you want to focus on the mindset, your physical, right? Exercising, things like that. Um, how you eat, you know, paying attention to your, um, you know, just all areas of your life. And that self-management is so important because again, it's going back to how we're reacting to situations. And so the easiest way to start, start improving that is just start paying attention to your thoughts. Okay. Paying attention to those thoughts. How often do negative thoughts pop into your mind? Probably a lot, a lot more than people want to admit. And that is because we are, again, hardwired that fight or flight, okay? And that fight or flight protected us thousands of years ago. Now, while we're not having to run from a tiger so we don't get eaten, your brain still goes to that negative place and it's a way to protect us. And so you just need to recognize that, that fear is going to come up because it's a protection mechanisms. And with fear, especially, I always like to say, like, it's always going to be there and, and, and just like, it's sitting right there next to you and put your arm around it, make friends with it and move forward anyway, because it's, it's always going to be there. It's just part of who we are. And the other thing that people need to recognize is you, in order to grow, you have to be, have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. We only grow in every way by pushing ourselves into being uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, well, I know I should be doing that and I'm going to choose not to anyway. Right. <laughs> it's the, I really should go for a 10 mile run, but I know my feet are going to hurt afterwards. So I don't want to do it. Right. Exactly. Um, so you mentioned in that recognizing fear and negative thoughts i suspect it's a little bit bigger than that meaning it's not just oh i have a negative thought right now but it could is it related to like in that recognition process are you writing those down or is it you're keeping a journal of of is your emotions across the day are you keeping a journal of negative thoughts that come in and out of your like how do you really cap 
capsulize, that's a terrible word. How do you really capture um, the recognition part? So if you want a journal, that's fine. I mean, I, I personally don't have time for that and I don't want to focus and, and put that on my negative thoughts on paper. So I don't know that I really would recommend that because whenever we write things down, we're using more of our senses. So if you're going to write anything down, write down your positive thoughts and write down mm. like things that you're grateful for. Um, it's really recognizing it in the moment. Um, as an example, imposter syndrome. So many people have that, right? You know, who am I? Who am I? And, and those thoughts come in. So it's about recognizing when those thoughts come in and switching it to a positive one. So if I think, you know, who am I? Who's going to listen to my podcast? And then it's like, no, okay, stop. Why not me? Mm. Of course I can do this. Of course, you know, people are going to listen to my podcast. Whatever. You, 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 you make that switch. Sometimes um, if, it's, if it's a real strong emotion, um, I like to... I really believe that forgiveness is such a critical part of that process because especially when it's negative thoughts toward ourself, because we all do that. We love to beat ourselves up. So the forgiveness needs to take place. And, um, and you can do that. There's, there's many different ways, just literally, you know, Oh, I forgive myself for, for saying this. Um, I kind of take it a little bit further and I have like four, four statements that I say um, to myself and I use this whenever, because sometimes like, you know, I've got PTSD and, and I, I, I've been able to control it for many, 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 many years, but it still pops up. And it's usually, it's because of um, my brother died when I was 12. And so it was such a traumatic event that I, I spent many years just always worrying, you know, who was going to die next, who was going to die next. So now with a child, you know, my son's 21 and he's out driving and this and that, I get these overwhelming fear that sets in. And it can, it can almost be debilitating just for, for a few minutes where my heart starts racing. I get anxiety. You know, I'm so worried. I get so, and you know, you're a dad you know, you get so worried about your children. And so you know, I do deep breaths. And then I say, um, my four, four things that I say is, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And, and it's a way to, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not a religious person. I'm very spiritual. And, and, and I believe like whoever you is your creator, your God, whatever, whoever you pray to, whatever that looks like for you. My husband, it's a star. Like he's, <laughs> he's not spiritual. He, he has his lucky star. I'm like, perfect. Just you know, talk to your lucky star, but it's, you know, saying, I love you because that's acknowledging your, you know, again, showing that, that gratefulness. I'm sorry. You know, I, I said something wrong. I did something wrong. Please forgive me. And then thank you again is expressing the gratitude. And it's just a very, it's actually, it's actually an ancient Hawaiian healing practice. Um, but it's just, it's just a real simple thing to say to yourself. And it just, it just, calms you down, just another way to forgive yourself. But the other thing that I want to talk about real quickly, because this can happen, especially for leaders, and this is a leadership show, is stress. Mm. Stress is such a very, uh, it, it's, it's, it kills you. 
And as leaders, there, there can be, and especially entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's very stressful. Um, I've done it many times. I've started many businesses. <laughs> and um, the stress is something that you need to learn how to manage. And, and obviously there's ways, you know, exercise, you know, it raises your endorphins and that's going to lower your stress. But a real quick way to reduce your stress is to start focusing on everything you have to be grateful for. You know, um, looking at the glass half full instead of half empty, but it really does calm you down and, and help you just, you know, realize, okay, things can always be worse. That's powerful, Sandy. And thank you uh, for being vulnerable there. You know, years ago, I was sitting through a seminar that was hosted by this gentleman, Don Dapani, and he walked our audience through an exercise and where we all closed our eyes and we did some deep breathing and he's like, I want you to imagine your favorite wedding that you've ever been to and, you know, smell the flowers and hear the, feel the happiness and all the joy. And like, you just got this great sense of happiness. Yeah. And then he goes, I want you to think about the last funeral you went to and think about the sadness and this and that. And then you felt that emotion. And then we opened our eyes and we discussed it. And he said, look, I didn't change anything in your life. I just moved your awareness from somewhere positive and happy to somewhere gr and grieving. And mm -hmm. to your point, if you have, if you take the practice and time to do it, you truly can move your mindset from out of one situation and into another. It doesn't change the situation, nope. but it helps with the stress level. It helps with um, all those, you know, recurring stress related issues. Yeah. Um, you, you also mentioned that you have started many businesses and I'd love to hear, especially for our audience who's full of entrepreneurs or becoming entrepreneurs or they're seasoned entrepreneurs, um, talk to us about starting your first business and the emotion and the feeling that was in, in and around that. Uh, I was very young um, and I learned everything from your dad and his company. Um, for those listening, I was the first office manager of Greg's dad's company back in, I was hired in 1990 and, um, and I worked with Charlie, Charlie Bulliard, and he taught me so much. So, you know, here, when I started my IT recruiting company, my brother, my little brother was a recruiter in New York and he's the one that pushed me. He's like, you can do this. And I'm, and I had all this time during the day cause I was a skating coach. I had I had my six hours a day where I wasn't working because that's why it's a hard being a coach. You know, I'm on the ice at 530 in the morning, work for a few hours, then I have all day off. And then I go back at three o'clock, you know? So, um, so I started it and he really pushed me. And I, I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even think about it, Greg. I, I was just pretending I was Charlie Bolliard and I knew what I was doing and I just, and I was just going for it. And I just, okay, I do this. And now I do this. And I mean, there were so many things I could have done differently. And, you know, as, as we, we've talked about this before, I did not go to college right out of high school because all I wanted to do is be in the ice capades. And when that fell through, I was put on a waiting list. I was like, well, maybe I should go to college. And I never even considered it. And then, you know, I just started working and I was doing very well. And, and I'm, I, but I have this entrepreneurial mindset. So fast forward, I finally did get my bachelor's degree in business management and when I was taking these courses, because when you're, you know, this point, I was, when I got the degree, I was 35 years out of high school and I'm taking these business classes. And as, as an adult in education, you absorb a lot more than 
and then if you're right out of high school going to college. And I was learning all this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew this. <laughs> I was at my business. I probably could have saved it. Um, yeah. And I mean, I can tell you a lot of what not to do. Um, but uh, yeah, there was, there was not a lot of fear. I just was like going for it. And I did so well, like in the first, within a year and a half of business, I had $1.2 million in revenue after 18 months. And that was also the market. You know, it was the, the whole environment was just hot. And then it crashed. Mm. And I, I'll never forget March of 2001. Like I went from all this revenue to zero to zero, you know, or I had like a couple of contractors. So I was like, but there was like, I was not getting any new business at all because everything just froze. And, and I held on to it as long as I could. And my son, when I closed it, my last contractor rolled off in January, 2003. My son was, had just turned two a few months earlier. My ex-husband was a very successful lawyer. And I was like, we just got to close up. I was, we were spending our own money to keep it going. And um, I just decided to stay home with my kid. You know, I knew I was only going to have one and I was like, let me just stay home with him. But then, you know, that's when I got certified to be a life coach. So I was still working, but uh, yeah, but there was not a lot of fear today. There's a lot of fear because I have started my business and I am, I am working with clients and whatnot. Um, I still have my full-time position. And, um, and I love what I do. I, I, I absolutely love what I do. And I love because I'm coaching people and giving people opportunities. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, at some point, will I retire from the corporate world and, and just coach full time? Yeah, I think so. But it, you know, as long as I can do both, I'm going to do both, you know? So let's talk it, because of that fear and this, and the, you know, I'm, I'm remarried but I still have a kid in college that I'm responsible for. So, you know, so the fears for me today stem around, you know, the finances and, you know, making sure, because I still have a child to take care of and, and all of that. And it's, you know, I have to be responsible from that perspective, but yeah, there's a lot of fear around it for sure. And I, you just have to keep plugging forward. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your, your, your ideal client, if there is such a thing, like what, somebody comes to you and is looking for coaching, what tends to be the thing they're looking for? If that question makes sense. Like what's an ideal client? I come to you and say, Sandy, I'm unhappy. Or is it Sandy? I want to be happier. Like talk to us about like what, why people come to you and your coaching. Yeah. So it's, it's usually, so right now, let me just use my athletes as an, as an example. Um, because I think people will be able to relate to that a little bit more. Um, so I have, you know, let's just say one, for example, an athlete struggles with confidence. And so um, working with that athlete to help them build that confidence muscle. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, I put together PowerPoint presentations, you know, and really like show them like all sorts of exercises and, and things that they can do. Sometimes it's a goal. I have, a, I have another client who um, she's an adult ice dancer and she's getting ready to take a test tomorrow, actually. And I've been working with her for six months. And the interesting thing is like, not only has it helped her performance on the ice, it's changed her whole life. 
she's speaking with her, her, she was having, you know, you had a little bit of difficult relationship with her daughters. It's changed her whole life. And, you know, I, I talked to her yesterday and she's like, I can't even believe how my life has changed in six months. And um, I just hope she passes tomorrow. <laughs> she's taking a test. I'm like, please, because <laughs> I've been working with her for six months, you know, helping her with her mindset. And uh, yeah, so, so it, you know, everybody has a different reason. Um, it could be, you know, a goal they want to achieve. You know, some people, they, they really do. They just want to have better control over their emotions. Um, and, and a lot of times, you know, people are stuck in that negativity. You know, I have family members that I just spent with the last weekend. I, I love them to death. And they, they can be some of the most negative people I've ever been around. And, mm -hmm. and I sit there when, I, when they're talking and I, and I say those statements because I don't want that negativity in, into my awareness. So I'll be like, they're talking I'm like, thinking, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I'm like, you know, I just like, sorry. Because <laughs> it's just that, you know, so negative. And, and some people, they really feel like I can't change. And here's the thing. I have a mentor. I'm in a mastermind. And I have a mentor because I was, and he was on my podcast. And I said, you got into personal development, like right out of college. I'm like, that's kind of young. Like most kids right out of college, they're just thinking about partying and, you know, all of that stuff. And he was, he worked on wall street and he said, I realized I got introduced and he goes, I realized like this light bulb went on. I was like, wow. So you mean to tell me who I am today? Does not mean that that's not who I'm going to be in the future? Like I can actually change who I am and how I think. And I'm like, yeah. And a lot of people just get stuck. And it's like, sad because yeah. there's just so much more to life. There's one, so much more to life. One piece of advice my grandmother gave me, you know, many, many years ago was every five years consider changing your career or changing what you're doing or changing like to your point, you don't have to be building widgets from age 18 to age 65. Yeah. Um, so Sandy, one of my other favorite questions to ask my guests, knowing your experience and what you've live through with your coaching and your businesses and those types of things, what advice would you give yourself, a younger version of yourself, you know, 30 years ago, what advice would you give that Sandy today? Oh gosh, there's so much. Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I think, um, I think the biggest one is to just be gentle with yourself. I am so hard on myself. I'm a very high, I'm much, so much a high achiever and I can be really, really hard on myself. And, but I've learned, I've taught myself how to be gentle with myself. And I think that that would have made a big difference, mm -hmm. you know, years ago is just not be so hard on yourself. I mean, I think having that discipline is, is good because it's, it's how people get successful, right? I mean, you have to be driven. You know, you're not going to, you know, it, it, it's the same, you know, if you want to build widgets your whole life, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for people working their whole careers and wanting just a, a comfortable retirement. And that's fine. That's completely fine. You work for the government for 30 years, you retire, you have your pension, you've got medical, dental. That's great. That's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, if you've got that drive, you know, that's, use it except be gentle on yourself 
because we can just be so mean to ourselves. Boy, I tell you, it, we would never be able to, to, to sustain a relationship with another person if we treated them the way we treat ourselves. <laughs> a lot so of true. times. That's so true. And in fact, a, a, a great practice when wondering what to do, you have a decision in front of you, is what would you tell your friend to do in that situation? So if I'm contemplating doing X and I'm struggling with it, but it'd be very easy for me to tell somebody else what they should do. Well, why not just take the same advice that you're going to tell that other person for yourself, right? Um, so does any audience members want to get in touch with you? There's a whole bunch of social media out there. What's the best way to, to reach out and to connect? So you can email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my personal page is Sandy Scarlotta Addison. Addison's my new married name. Scarlotta is my pen name. So got to keep using that. And, um, and um, I also have a Facebook page, um, Coach Sandy Scarlotta. Fantastic. And all those references will be in our show notes. So any, any of you who are out there trying to write those down, uh, just scroll down and you'll find the show notes. So Sandy, my final question, another one of my favorites, what gets you excited about the future? Oh, what gets me excited about the future is just being able to make an impact on as many people's lives as I can. You know, this is, this is a movement, my happiness solve movement. And I, I want to impact as many people as I can so that they know that happiness is a choice. It's not a destination. It's a journey. You know, so many people just think that, okay, well, I'll be happy when I'll be happy if. No, now's the time to be happy. Be happy. So that excites me. That excites me so much. Yeah. Well, thank you for lifting my day today. Oh. <laughs> You've added some happiness and I'll, I'll carry that forward. Sandy, it's been great to have you on the show and I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.